Hello, everybody. This is David Kellogg. Welcome to our podcast here at Spirit and Truth Worship Center. Very happy that you've joined us today. And I want to talk to you about a simple yet very deep topic. Uh, It's a topic that talks about what Jesus has done for you and me. I want to talk to you about my debt, his account. Can you imagine what it would be like to step into a department store or go online and shop and run up a tab that you simply could not pay off? Unfortunately, uh, some of us that are listening today may have actually experienced that. Uh, But can you imagine what it would be like to do that, but then know that someone else who had much deeper pockets than you would just step in and pay that debt on your behalf? And as exciting as that would be, I'm going to tell you today about someone, despite all of the charges that you have run up, is ready to pay your account in full. The book of Philemon, uh, in chapter 1, there's only one chapter in Philemon, uh, but in the 17th through 19th verses, uh, I'm going to read them to you and then give you some context so that you can understand what's happening in this passage. But it says this, If thou count me therefore a partner, receive him as myself. If he had wronged thee or oweth thee aught, put that on my account. I, Paul, have written it with my own hand. I will repay it. So this is a little story about a man named Onesimus. And his story is found in the Bible in in this one chapter book of Philemon. And in this book of Philemon is written by the Apostle Paul, and it's addressed to this man named Philemon, and he's the recipient of the letter. And it's written while Paul is a prisoner in Rome. And he writes to Philemon, and by extension, he writes to the church that was meeting in his house. It's thought by some that perhaps Philemon was living in the town of Coloss or uh, at the time, but, but the purpose of this letter has to do with this man named Onesimus. He was a slave who was owned by Philemon who had run away. We're not certain about exactly how Onesimus ended up in Rome and how he knew Paul. Uh, Perhaps he had been captured as a runaway slave and was imprisoned uh, there just like Paul was, and and they got to know each other that way. Perhaps he knew something of Paul and someone managed to to seek him out on his own, or or he managed to seek him out on his own. We don't know, but what we do know is that As a runaway slave, Onesimus was converted to Christianity. And while Paul was in prison, Onesimus served him and ministered to his needs. In fact, he was such a blessing to Paul during that time that Paul would have have liked to have kept Onesimus there with him. In verses 13 and 14 of Philemon, he says, and I'm paraphrasing, Onesimus has been so good to me here that I would have liked to have kept him with me. But because he is your slave and because he ran away from you and because you are his owner, I would not keep him without having your permission. So instead, I'm sending him back to you. Now, all of the evil and the wickedness of slavery aside, let's just recognize the context context of the age uh, of which we're reading here and the culture that we're reading. Uh, And Onesimus was, in fact, a, a runaway slave. And he's being sent back by Paul to his owner Philemon. And he's expecting or certainly anticipating that when he arrives, he will receive rather rough treatment. And And Paul sends with Onesimus this letter from himself that we know uh, as this book of Philemon, addressed to Onesimus, 
uh, Philemon's owner, pleading for mercy on behalf of this runaway slave. And in this story, what I want to share with you is I find several parallels to what Jesus Christ has done for me and you. Let me read to you again these verses to set the stage for what I now want to tell you. Paul writes and says again to Philemon, If thou count me therefore a partner, receive him. That is, receive Onesimus as you would receive myself. And if thou have, and, and if he has wronged thee or oweth thee anything, put that on my account. I, Paul, have written it with my own hand. I will repay it. You see, just like Onesimus, we have a undeserved substitute. Paul starts with a condition. He says, if you count me as a partner, that is, if you have fellowship with me, if if we are brothers in Christ, if we have a relationship, he says that I want you to receive him just like you had received me. He says, Philemon, when you look into the face of Onesimus, I want to be his substitute. When you see him, I want you to see me. Treat him just like you would treat me. Judge him just like you would judge me. Welcome him just like you would welcome me, and forgive him just like you would forgive me, Paul, your brother. When Onesimus comes and falls on his knees before you, Philemon, Paul says, I want you to look into his face, but instead of seeing him, I want you to see me and give him favor based on your relationship with me. Oh, there is a great and an awesome parallel here for us, my friend, because when I had nothing to offer, when you had nothing to offer, when I was on the run, a runaway slave to sin, Jesus said, I will come. I will become your substitute. And now when God looks at me, he sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ. When I kneel before him, I don't kneel there on my own merits and my own ability. I kneel there and have the favor of Jesus Christ himself because he became my substitute. The penalty for my sin was death, but on my cross, he took my place. I can almost hear him right now as he hung on that cross, praying and interceding on behalf of me, just like Paul did for Onesimus to Philemon. Accept David Kellogg. Accept these people just like you would accept me, Jesus Christ. Accept this sinful man in the same way you would accept a a sinless Savior. Grant blessing to him in the same way you would grant blessing to me. You see, he became my advocate, my intercessor. He stands on my behalf and he took my place. Oh, do you understand that today? Amen. It's not a deep thought, but it's such a profound thought that we all need to remember and step back and remember what Jesus did for us because he took your place. He took the punishment that rightfully belonged to you. He accepted the guilt and felt your nails and took your whip. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He became sin so that I could become righteousness. He took my place. You see, the Bible says in Galatians 3.13, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Onesimus had no claim for Paul to do this for him. He had no right that Paul would say, Put me in his place. Only Paul's love for this man Onesimus had prompted his willingness to take his place. 
And you and I are in that same position today. We don't know for sure, but perhaps Onesimus was born into slavery. And likewise, you and I were born into the slavery of sin. We didn't choose it. But because of the sin of Adam and Eve, we are born with a sinful nature. And because of that, I have nothing to offer God. I could not earn his favor, and you you could not demand good treatment. Oh, but the love of Jesus. Oh, but the grace of God. The favor of Calvary. He took your place. You and I have an undeserved substitute. And not only do we have that, but we have an unpayable debt. Onesimus had a debt that apparently he could not possibly pay. He was a slave. He had no money. He had no means of paying it back. But I want you to understand today that his debt was far beyond simply money. He was a runaway slave. And in those days, that meant that he had a death sentence on his head. But but if he could have borrowed the cash to pay back the financial debt, there was no way he could meet this payment of debt that he now had on his head. He was helpless. No matter how hard he worked, no matter how good he may have been, he had broken the law and justice demanded his life. You must understand today that is exactly your condition. If you've never been born again of the water and the spirit, you have a debt that you cannot possibly pay back and you can't pay that debt back by good deeds. Death is the sentence that justice demands. And because of the sin of Adam and Eve in the garden, it's not just physical death, but more importantly, it is a spiritual death. Romans 6.23 makes it very clear. It says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Romans 5.12 makes this association with Adam's sin. It says, wherefore by one man sin, talking about Adam, sin entered into the world and death by sin, so death passed upon all men for that all have sin. We are lawbreakers just like Onesimus. We are guilty just like Onesimus. If he gave me all of eternity, I could never pay back the debt because death is the only price that would satisfy for my sins. But the good news is, not only do we have an unpayable debt, we have an unbelievable payment. For Paul wrote to Philemon and said, If he owes you anything, put it on my account because I can pay it. I don't care what he owes, I will pay it. Can you imagine how Onesimus must have felt when he looked down at that page and he saw what Paul was writing, when he saw that Paul was actually going to pay what he could not possibly pay. I want to tell you today, that's how I feel about Jesus. When I look at the cross, I realize he paid my debt to the fullest. He took my debt upon himself. No one else did it. He wrote it with his own hand and he wrote it in his blood and he paid the debt himself. When I didn't have any hope, he paid it. When I was spiritually broke, he paid it. When I had nothing to offer, he paid it. When no one else cared, when I wasn't worth it, and when others gave up on me, he paid it. When he didn't have to, he paid it. And friend, he did it for you as well. Amen. Let me pray with you today. In Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you for the for the price that you paid. I thank you for Calvary. I remember today what you have done for me on that hill called Golgotha 
some 2,000 years ago, where you paid the price for sin and death and gave me a way of escape. I thank you, Lord, that you paid the debt on my behalf, a debt that could never be repaid, a debt that could never be taken care of, only one way. For the Lamb that taketh away the sins of the world, amen, to give his life so that I could have life and more abundantly. And I pray, Lord, that you would touch whoever's listening to this right now. God, whatever they're going through, I pray that you help them to remember and to realize that you love them so much that you gave yourself for them and you love them and you care for them and you paid the price so that they could have joy and peace, that they could be saved, delivered, and set free. In the name of Jesus, amen. God bless you in Jesus' name.